Welcome, 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 and welcome you yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and last week was slow. <laughs> I mean, there really wasn't much that happened last week, uh, except, I mean, the biggest thing, and we'll start with this. First of all, I hope everyone's staying safe. I know that a lot of people ain't staying in the house. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not ignorant. I can see people outside, so I hope you guys are staying safe. I would still recommend y'all staying in the house because they don't have it under control, but hey, y'all do y'all thing. Again, please stay safe, mask up, stay clean. You know, your loved ones care about you. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so stay in the house, man. But let's start with the match, or what they've affectionately called what we saw on Sunday, the match. For people that didn't see, they pretty much had a, a, a charity golf tournament type thing. But it was like a team on, uh, it was two on two pretty much. You had Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson going up against Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods. And while we've seen celebrity golf tournaments, we've seen, you know, celebrity or we've seen high caliber golf people go against each other. Like we saw Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson. We, we've seen this before. But one thing that or there was a couple things to take away that could actually improve not only golf and not only sports, especially in this time with the whole situation with the world, but there was a lot of things that the match did right. First of all, micing up when uh, micing up the players or the athletes or the participants, whatever you want to call them. Golf, like baseball, is a traditionalist sport. It doesn't like a lot of change. It doesn't like a lot of high flash stuff. It doesn't like a lot of that. It likes what it's been doing for years and years and years. And because of that, golf, like baseball, is has has found has seen its decline in popularity. People really only watch golf if Tiger Woods is on, and that's about it. <laughs> now, yes, they're still gambling. They're still betting. There's still people and money to be made. But people don't really watch golf. Like, people aren't... Now, I'm not going to say everyone, of course, but large majority of sports fans don't watch golf because they're a fan. They watch golf because of the people. They watch golf. If Tiger Woods... I know this. If Tiger Woods was on a Sunday at 3 p.m., majority of the people will watch. We saw that. When, the, when, when Tiger Woods was... When Tiger Woods was in the finals during the Masters or in the in the final round, it had the highest rating since Tiger Woods was in the uh, final round of the Masters the previous or previous years before. So one thing that the 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 match did right was it mic'd up its 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 its, its participants. Because of that, you heard the the banter and the and the trash talk between a Tom Brady and a Peyton Manning between a Tiger Woods and a Phil Mickelson. We saw a, the genuine the genuineness of the game and the genuineness of the participants. Now no, I don't expect golf to do this. But I think that I think when you take the okay, so there's things that work. Now, I know that a lot of people are nervous and scared to change. I get that. I understand. Hell, when you've been doing something for as long as you've been doing it, why would you change? Especially if it's worked for you. But we're in an age of renovate of innovation. We're in an age of renewal. We're in an age of getting better, right? 
So, I would think if you're golf and you saw how now, I guess, I, of course, I understand that a lot of the rating was due to the fact that a lot of people are still home with what's going on, the corona and everything. A lot of people are at home, ain't got much to watch, ain't got much to do, so they'll watch it. But you saw how successful it was. That thing was like five hours. I now know I didn't watch all five hours. I didn't even watch. I think I watched maybe an hour and a half. But the only reason why I didn't watch it is because I was doing something, not because I wasn't invested. So when I see that or see something like that, it's like I enj- I didn't care about the game. I didn't care about who was winning. I didn't care about who was getting holes and ones and eagles and birdies. I didn't care about none of that. What I cared about was a trash talk between Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. I, I enjoyed seeing the or hearing the commentary that they did, you know, with the custom carts and having the the camera on the cart so you can see them driving from hole to hole. It was I felt like I was part of the part of the part of the event, and that's what I think baseball and and golf kind of don't really have right now. You don't feel when you look at basketball. You know, you you see the players in there. You see the players' faces. You feel like, you know, you're in the event. You, you hear the crowd. You see the crowd. The crowd is close to the players. You feel like you're in it, or or you feel the intensity. Even watching on the screen, football, same thing. Well, now you, of course, you you don't really see the players' faces, but you know, football is probably one of, if not the most popular sport in the world. So, I think that. I felt connected when I saw, you know, Peyton Manning talking about his the rivalry with him in Tennessee and Georgia or Peyton Manning making fun or, or cracking the joke at Tom Brady and, and, and Gronkowski. Like, that's what I think that not just golf and, and, and baseball, but the sports can do. The NBA kind of kind of does that a little bit with the sideline reports, you know, or with the they'll mic up a player, and and the XFL did this really well. Now I don't know if if teams are really going to do this in the NFL, but they would they would mic up their players. You would hear commentary. You would hear you would see side, a lot more sideline reports. I, I think I think that's good, and I, and of course. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, at the end of the day, Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning beat Phil Mickelson and, and Tom Brady, and the the winner or the proceeds went to COVID nineteen relief or something like that. But I just it, for 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 five hours, golf wasn't interesting. Again, I didn't watch it for five hours, but I know a lot of people did, and they 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 were interested. They they saw that this product that a lot of people don't watch golf if Tiger Woods is in it, and that's just real. You know, if it's kind of like, the now the NBA has multiple stars, but you can feel, uh, you can feel the viewership of the playoffs decrease when, 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 or the interest decrease when a LeBron James isn't playing or when Steph Curry's injured or when Clay, uh, 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 Kevin Durant's injured. You feel that. You feel their absence. You can feel when Tiger Woods isn't playing well. You can feel when Tiger Woods isn't 
isn't isn't playing period and i think that having cameras or or having more access to the players that golf does have and maybe baseball does have i think will do wonders for its it's not only its audience but will do wonders for the enjoyment of the game another thing i think they did well was and and I think and again I'm pretty sure they're not going to do this, but I think it, it went really well. You, the players were able to talk to the commentators. I know Charles Barkley was one of the commentators, and I don't remember who the other two were, but Tom Brady was able to talk to Charles Barkley. They were able to bet right there on the spot. That was interesting to me. You know, you, again, I know that basketball. They do the sideline reports. Maybe David Aldridge will talk to somebody. But base no, why do I keep throwing baseball? Golf doesn't really – golf doesn't do that at all. Golf, you hear the – he walks to the – he walks to the green. Oh, what a beautiful shot. That was such a good shot. I think that uh, Tiger Woods is at the, bat, at the prime of his game. Oh, he hits the ball for birdie. He hits the ball. Oh, Tiger Woods comes up to the ball. Oh, what a beautiful shot. The green is looking mighty lovely. Like, that's what they do. You, you got the whispering. Like, nobody, at the end of the day, I get it, but no, nobody nobody wants to hear that no more, man. It, it gets boring after a while, especially if I have no connection with the 150 golfers that's golfing right now. You know, So, I, I think that being able, lis- listening to, the players talk to the commentators or talk to the play-by-play analysts, whatever you want to call them in golf. I think it's really cool. I think that's a, that's something that should or could be explored. Cause again, I know it's a charity thing. I know, but it, it was, it was interesting. So, you know, I, I don't know of any, I think there might've just been a one-off thing. I, I maybe cause you know how TV and, and, and entertainment is trying to wrap its, now, it's not just it's not just entertainment. How news and TV and sports are trying to wrap their lifestyle around this whole coronavirus thing. I understand that. I understand that you have to figure out. Okay, a lot of people at home, a lot of regular cameramen, a lot of regular studio people. Hell, we can't even use studios right now, or you can't have a full studio crew. So. People are trying to figure it out. So I understand that it probably ain't, it might not happen again once the world gets rolling again. But I think those are interesting. It was very interesting watching the match. I loved how Tom Brady, you know, he he's 40 whatever, but he still has the jokes. Peyton Manning's, I don't know how old he is, but he still has the jokes. They were going back and forth. You know, Tiger Woods and Phil, they were going back and forth. It was good, man. It was it was really fun to watch, especially – and this is coming from a person that's not an avid golf watcher. Like, again, I do not watch golf if Tiger Woods isn't playing. And I'm just – I'm going to just be real with you. Yeah, I know I have a sports podcast. Or if there's something that, that that's major happening in golf, like something that's groundbreaking, I'll tune to it or turn to it. But I'm not starting off with golf unless Tiger Woods is in it. And, that, and I'm, just, I'm just being real. I'm just being real. So let's move – moving forward. The NBA, which is which we've heard pretty much all week, the NBA is trying is is in talks right now. We're trying to restart the season. What they're saying is they're going to try and have all the teams come to 
Disney, I believe in Florida, and and play on the Disney campus. A couple things about this. One, of course, as an NBA fan, as a basketball fan, as a sports fan, I would love to see the NBA start back up. You see the UFC starting back up. You see boxing trying to start back up. Uh, you see foreign soccer starting up. Like, I would love to see the NBA start. What I would say, however, is I would hope, I hope that, and, and of course, I, I wouldn't expect them to put their put their stars and their players in jeopardy, but I would hope that they'll have the necessary procedures in place to start the season. Now, I believe it was yesterday. Brian Windhorst came in or came out pretty much and said the NBA isn't expecting all 30 teams to start the season or all 32 teams to, to, to continue the season. If that's the case, I don't think you should even play period. Cause if, if all the teams can't start or can't play, what is, what is really going on? You know? So, if that's the case, I don't think they all sh- they should all play. Another thing that I'm hearing is they're they're thinking about pushing this back to maybe August, September, October. That to me is not what you want. You do not want. Again, I'm a huge NBA is my favorite league. I love basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport. Uh, I I love NBA. I love college basketball. What you do not want to do if you're the NBA is rival your viewership with the NFL. There is a reason the NBA and NFL start in two different times of the year. You do not, I repeat, you do not want to go toe-to-toe viewership-wise with the NFL. You will lose. I am an avid NBA fan, avid college basketball fan, avid basketball fan, period. I would love to see basketball come back. I would love to see uh, uh, Sunday morning watch a Ravens and Chiefs game while watching a Redskins game on another channel and then that night seeing the Lakers and Clippers and the Western Conference Finals. I would love to see that. But I, my friend, am not the average viewer. I am a I am a I am a, a a fanatic when it comes to sports. I'm not the average fan. If you have to choose, and, and knowing the average fan of sports, as we've seen time and time again, if you have to choose between an NBA playoff game or a Sunday night football game, they're going to choose a Sunday night football game eight, nine times out of ten. It don't matter if it's the Clippers and Lakers. It don't matter if it's, R.I.P. Kobe, if it's Kobe Bryant going against the Celtics, if they're going to, if it's either NBA on a Sunday night or NFL, they will choose the NFL. So that is the last thing I think the NBA wants. I know the NBA wants to start back up. And I believe if if you can get all the teams to come, train for maybe a month or, no, not a month, train for a couple weeks, and then start maybe late June, early July, boom, do it, go. But if you're talking about pushing it to August and September, I don't think that's smart. I do not think that's smart at all. Again, I understand you want to start, but it's like you don't, you don't, at the end of the day, it's it's about profit, right? It's about 
yeah, you want to start the season back up. You want to have a crown a champion. You don't want this to be a lost season. You don't want the CBA to, to pretty much crumble if there's no season. However, however, one thing that you don't want, and, and, and it's, it's, it's more, the, the reason why you don't, let me, let me tell you this. The reason why you don't want it is because, yes, NBA coming back, you'll have an all-time high of fans watching at first. Because we haven't, we as fans have been watching nothing but re, uh, you know, re rewatched games. The the last dance, which is over with. Now we're watching Lance Armstrong over here telling the world to f you on ESPN. We're watching all this because there's nothing else to watch as far as live content. So people are going to tune. That's why so many people turned tuned into the match. Yes. A lot of people want to see Tom Brady go up against uh, Peyton Manning as far as like in, in a comp- some type of competition. Of course, when you have Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods doing something and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning doing something, there's a lot of people going to watch. But there was a record amount of people watching because there's nothing else to watch. So, of course, when the NBA starts again, there's going to be a record number of people watching, tuning in at first. Because, again, there's nothing to watch. But once you start rivaling that with the NFL, the NBA is going to lose 9, 10 times out of 10. And the last thing you want to do, you've already, you're already losing money as it is right now because you're not playing. You're still playing some players. Now, the last thing you want to do is lose your viewership and then the the companies that you're paying, like you know, the ABCs, the ESPNs, the NBA TVs, the NBA League passes, you're gonna they're gonna start getting upset because their viewership is going down because there's no way the Clippers, Lakers, I don't care if it has LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Paul George, there's no way that's gonna beat a Sunday night game when it's Drew Brees against Lamar Jackson, or if it's if it's Tom Brady and the Bucks going up against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, there's no way that the Lakers and Clippers are going to beat Tom Brady and Patrick are going against Patrick Mahomes. That's just not going to happen. So if you're going to start the season, I've been saying all this to say, the NBA, if you're going to start the season, do it late June, early July, or at worst, at worst, mid-July. If you can't do it by mid-July, to me, scrap the season. Because, again, you don't want to lose. You do not You do not want to go blow for blow with the NFL. Because the NFL, as we've seen and heard last week, are, are planning. They're, they're planning to start the season at a regular time. Yeah, they're going to have limited uh, OTAs. Yeah, they're going to have limited training camp. But they're planning on starting the season when they started. Nothing changing as far as like dates and stuff. So you do not, you do not, I'm trying to tell you, man, you do not want to go up against the NFL. And again, this is coming from an avid NBA fan. You do not want to do that because you're going to lose. Another thing I've heard, and, and it's been, it's been thrown around for years and years and years now, but I think that this, I'm not the only one that thinks this, but a lot of people think that, uh, uh, this is the perfect time for the NBA to at least test the one, 
through 16 seed. So instead of having an Eastern Conference, Western Conference type thing, they'll have more of a bracket type, more of a bra- like a, a traditional bracket type system and go from the one seed to the 16 seed. I've been saying, and, and, and you've heard multiple, you've heard Jalen Rose say it, you've heard Stephen A. Smith say it, you've heard so many people say it in the media. This is something that the NBA has been thinking about trying to do. This is something that the fans have been wanting to see, and I think this is the perfect time. The, what, the one thing that you don't want to do, and the one thing that you cannot expect if you're the NBA, is you, you can't expect the... You can't expect... To just start, like start where you left off. Like you can't expect to just just pick it up and keep walking with it. Like 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 it's a like it's a dollar bill you drop. Like you're gonna have to. Yet you're not gonna have no fans more than likely. More than likely you're gonna be in a in a neutral site, like a neutral facility. What I'm hearing right now is not all the teams are gonna be able to start as when everyone else starts. Which you don't want to just you, it is it is it can, you cannot think that you're just gonna be like oh well we'll just start game fifty five where we stopped off and like nothing like no I think if you want to draw in more fans now of course like I said you're gonna get a lot of fans to start but if you want to continue to draw more fans in this is the time to start something new hell the WNBA they be changing stuff off off. They be changing stuff middle of the season. Like they start their All Star game is pretty much a, a glorified. Let's try this. Let's try that. Like let's try it. Their playoff things change all the time. Their the playoffs can have two Eastern Conference teams play against each other. Their playoffs is more of a bracket type situation. So or traditional bracket type. So I think that if you're going to do this, this is the perfect time. There's there there should be no lacking on this because it's like. I would love to see a who would be uh, the 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 Bucks going up against the Pistons first round and then second round going up against the Portland Trailblazers third round going up against the 76ers and then finals going up against the Lakers and the Clippers. I would love to see the Lakers start off with Toronto and then after that you go to the Celtics. Then West, you know, if if they make it that far, they'll play the Houston Rockets or the Clippers or something. Like, I would love to see that. Fans would love to see that. Again, the fans have been asking for a Western, I mean, not, not the fans have been asking for a 1 for, to 16 seed for a minute ever since where we see the talent disparity that the East and West hold. How we see the West, I mean, the East right now has been more of a cakewalk ever since LeBron left. And that's and 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 how the West is just a juggernaut, especially when everyone's healthy. Like, think about it. Say we come back, everyone's healthy, right? You have Golden State, who just went to five straight finals. You have the Lakers that have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You have the Clippers that have Kawhi. They have a pretty much squad. You got Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. You got the Rockets, who have George, uh, James Harden, and you have. Russell Westbrook, you have Portland Trailblazers, CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. You have Dallas, Luka Doncic and and Chris Porzingis. You have 
hell, teams that aren't even that good still have at least a star on the team. The, the Timberwolves have Carl Anthony Towns. You have you have the 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 Sacramento Kings have the De, uh, De'Aaron Fox. The Suns have De, uh, uh, what's his name uh, Devin Booker. Memphis has John ja Morant and and JJJ or Triple J. Like. Those are just those some teams that might not even make it. In the East, you have the Bucks. Yeah, I think they have the best record right now when everything stopped. But the Bucks with Giannis and, and Chris Middleton. Toronto's been good with Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry. You have the Boston Celtics have been good. Jason Tatum, Kimball Walker, Jalen Brown. Outside of that, the East... Yeah, you have a Wizards and, and Bradley Bill, but they're not even, even even sniffing the playoffs. The Magic don't really have – I mean, they got Eric Gordon, but Aaron Gordon isn't really drawing people to seats. The, the Detroit Pistons have Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin, and they're not even sniffing the playoffs either. Like, the talent disparity in the East and West is, is crazy, especially right now. And this will be the perfect time to be like, yo, okay, you guys have been in quarantine for God knows how long. Once it starts, here's something that here's something that we're gonna try new, and no one's gonna be like, wait a second, well, except maybe, maybe the 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 <laughs> maybe some of the Eastern Conference teams that look up in the first round, you got to play like the Lakers, or you got to play like the Clippers or the Rockets, or you look up Memphis, who's trying so hard to get into the playoffs. You look up and your first round has to be the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, I would feel some type of way if I'd be like, damn, like, all right, well, we made it. So let's, let's give it our all. But we're going up against maybe two time MVP at the end of this Giannis. Let's, let's go, you know? So I would understand if you have a quarrel with that. And of course, you're going to have to get the, well, you actually don't have to get the travel because. If if this season continues to go, you're going to be in one building. Like you're going to play at Disney's uh, ESPN Zone or wherever it is. So you don't have to, you don't have to worry about travel. So this is the perfect time to do it. So because I remember that was one huge thing that they were they were worried about. Was like especially if you say the the Lakers have to go and play or say the Houston or or Spurs or something. Play say the Spurs if if they if they do the whole traditional seeding thing, they get the third seed. You got to go up against the the what fifteenth seed, and the fifteenth seed could be Toronto. So how would that would be unfair if like Golden State's first round, not not just, but if Golden State's first round would have to play like Sacramento or something? It's like a three, four, five hour drive. So it's like I understand that, but. This is the perfect time to do it. Like I said, you guys are in the same building. Like, you're playing in the same building, the neutral site. So, hey, if you don't do it now, then it might not ever get done because this is the perfect time. So, that's that's one change they can they can, they can can implement. Uh, and I think it not – only, not only will it draw fans, man, but it it's, it's something fresh. I think that with the NBA and, and all sports – when they come back, yeah, people are going to be excited because, again, we've been watching nothing but reruns. I mean, I remember I turned on the TV the other day and was watching Brett Favre, like like a legit Brett Favre game. And it's like, yeah, that's cool, but people are ready for something new. However, 
let me not say this. People, yeah, people are ready for, yeah, people are ready for something new. And I'm not saying new as, yeah, I'm ready to see live sports. I'm ready to see like sports again. But I don't just, I don't, I don't think fans. You're gonna, I think you're gonna lose fans, especially after the initial surge of. You're gonna get the every every sports t- league is gonna get the hell. Even hockey is gonna get the initial surge because we haven't been watching nothing. But how do you maintain or sustain at least a good portion of that surge? The uh, one thing that you couldn't do, like I said, people want to see something new. That's why you do the one sixteen seed, man. That's why if you're hockey, you mic up some of your players or you mic up the coach and allow allow the commentators to talk to the coach or allow the commentators to talk to the best player when he's in the box. When you're baseball you allow, you know, you can, you, you amplify some of the noise. So you amplify some of the trash talk you hear from teams. You amplify the, the sound of the home runs or the sound of the ball strikes or something like you amplify that noise. You amplify some of the trash. Look, I played college. I don't know. I say this a lot, but I play basketball all the time, all the time. Like when this whole quarantine thing is over, I'm always at the gym. No, I'm not look like it. Trust me. I know. I know. I know. But <laughs> I'm at the gym all the time playing basketball, and that's just pickup. And I can't tell you how much trash talk is talked just just amongst friends, you know, amongst amongst people I hoot with all the time. I can't imagine. I can only imagine some of the trash talk that the NBA has on a nightly basis because these are the best of the best players. Sometimes we would love to see that, of course. We always know about the whole TV delay thing, so there's cursing, just edit out hell. Maybe keep it in if it's not that bad. I heard, again, The Last Dance had nothing, if, if you watch on ESPN1, The Last Dance had nothing but cursing in it. And Lance Armstrong started his jump with three major FUs. So maybe that's where the, the new, maybe that's where TV's going, but... Yeah, let us hear some of the trash talk. Let us hear the trash talk between LeBron James and, and a Paul George or LeBron James and a Steph Curry or Steph Curry and a Damian Lillard or Damian Lillard and Russell Westbrook. We all want to hear that or, you know, because of that whole rivalry thing. Like, we you, do something new. 116 seed. Mike, some of the guests so we can hear more of the, you know, of course you always hear the commentators and you always hear a dunk or something. You always hear, ah! You know, stuff like that. Or sometimes you're going to accidental get this out of here. You, you'll get an accidental slip. You will hear that. But let's hear some trash talk. Let me I want to hear uh, uh, a Kevin Durant once he once he comes back, Kevin Durant go up against a Draymond Green. I want to hear that. Like, I want to hear the trash talk that's, that's going to be said. And I think that'll that'll increase the game. People will tune in and say, oh, what is Damian Lillard going to say to Russell Westbrook? Or what is what is. Kyrie Irving gonna say when he goes up against uh, LeBron James or or Kimball Walker? What is Kevin Durant gonna say when he goes up against Golden State and Draymond Green? Like that's what people want to hear, and I think that'll that'll draw a lot of a lot of fans in, man. Especially after the wave and the surge, it's like you want to. How do you keep? How do you keep some fans instead of just having the loyal ones? Well, boom, make it more uh, make it more accessible for us. Make it more. But enjoyable seeing as though you're seeing raw, raw emotions and 
trash talk is nothing but rawness, man. And 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 bring that to, bring that to the sport, bring that to the fans, and I promise you, you will enjoy or you'll get more fans. You know what I mean? So, I think I think that's what you should do. Uh, I think that's what you should do. Moving forward, last week what I did was I. Gave my top 10 trio in the NBA in NBA history. I gave my top 10. I talked about no spoilers. Well, it happened last week, but I talked about big, big threes like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson and Draymond, oh, no, and Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant. I talked about Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman and, and Scottie Pippen. Uh, LeBron James, D Wade and Chris Bosh. They lay land on the list. So, if you haven't, go check it out. I gave my top 10 big threes of all time in the NBA. What I want to do this week, no, I'm not going to go my top 10 of all time in the NFL as as far like offensive trio when we talk about three three major footnotes in the offense. I'm not going to do that because there's a lot of teams, a lot. We're not doing that. What I will do, however, is I want to give my top 10 offensive trio in the NFL currently. Or, or going into next season, or going into this season, you know what I mean? I, I some teams don't really have like a good running back. Some teams really don't use running backs like that. Some teams, their best offensive weapon might be a tight end, might be a might be a quarterback and two wide receivers, might be just three wide receiver sets. So what I wanted to do was, no matter what it is, they had to have a decent quarterback. And at least at least a wide receiver, and and we 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 chalked it up to the, not a wide receiver, or at least an offensive weapon that's outside of outside of quarterback. So this is my top ten trio in the NFL or going into the NFL season, or top ten trios going into the NFL season. Let me start with number ten. I have San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Morissette. And George Kittle. I know you're starting like, wait, wait, wait. Raheem Morissette and George Kittle. For people, first of all, first of all, <laughs> for people that don't know, I could have either chose Raheem Morissette or Tevin Campbell or no, Tevin Coleman. and But they just acquired him. And, and he, you know, they acquired him last year. And he wasn't as effective, especially in the playoffs, as Raheem Morissette was, especially in the uh, NFC NFC divisional cha- or NFC championship, Raheem Morris was incredible, and we all know George Kittle is arguably the best tight end in the league, especially in a Kyle Shanahan system, and especially playing alongside Jimmy G. Who Jimmy G. is not the greatest quarterback. We know that. However, what he does is he. D- <laughs> this this is what I say about Jimmy G. Jimmy G is a really good quarterback, but Jimmy G, if Jimmy G is if you're lining up a quarterback, if you're lining up quarterbacks, Jimmy G to me is top ten, but he's closer to ten than he is to one because he makes some really good plays, makes some really good decisions, but sometimes he be making some wild decisions. Like, bro, who are you throwing to? And you know that I'm not the only one that thinks that Kyle Shanahan has to think that because. We look last year, he handed the ball off more than he he threw the ball. And this team doesn't have a lot of 
running running back weapons. So that's what he's not bad, but he's not like incredible. And that's why I have him at ten. That is San Francisco, Jimmy G, Raheem Morissette, and George Kittle. I also have number ten because we just saw them in the Super Bowl. Now I know things change, you know, you you lose players, you gain players in the offseason, but we just saw in the Super Bowl and while they did lose, they were incredible all year. You you had games where George Kittle and and Jimmy G saved them from I remember when they played the Saints and it was like 52 to like 49 or something. It was big plays from Jimmy G and George Kittle that won them the game. I remember, like I said, in the NFC Championship, Robert Morissett was destroying the Green Bay defense. Like it, I again, I I don't know how great they'll be. I know that George Kittle, I believe he'll be really good because not only does he catch the ball, but he's a he's an incredible blocker. He's probably the best blocking tight end we've seen since I guess Rob Gronkowski. But I'm excited to see. What what's gonna happen? Raheem Morse, while he's not that much of a catching back, he is a quick. She's a short, quick back, and I think that that you know that, that alongside a Kyle Han, Kyle Shanahan offense, and you give them another year to develop. Again, they were in the Super Bowl last year, so do I think they'll be in the Super Bowl this year? Maybe not. I don't know, but. I doubt them. I doubted them and counted them out last year, and they definitely surprised me. So, who knows? But I say that to say, Jimmy G, Raheem Morissette, and and George Kittle are number ten on my list. Number nine, I go with Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and Ronald Jones. First of all, I can't get last year out of my head when I'm talking about Tom Brady. Tom Brady, I believe, is forty three. Tom Brady looks like he's 43. At the end of the year, going into the playoffs, Tom Brady looked old. Tom Brady wasn't completing deep balls anymore like that. Tom Brady was late on reads. Tom Brady was was sacked a lot more than, than usual. Tom Brady didn't look good. Now, a lot of people want to attest that to the weapons that he had around him. Okay. If that is the case then Tom Brady is still incredible. And and the only reason why I have him at nine is because I don't I, I can't get what I saw out out of my head from last year with Tom Brady. Now if if it is the weapons and it is if it was the weapons and Tom Brady is still I'm not saying he's gonna be the GOAT Tom Brady, but if he's still 70, 75% of that then they're going they're going to catapult up you know cuz it's you know it's Tom Brady but and and this is the first time you you give him weapons he has Gronkowski back he has Mike Evans he has Ronald Jones he has OJ Howard he has so many pieces now that he in fact this is the most pieces he's probably had since in fact, this is probably the most pieces he's ever had now yeah he went what he almost went undefeated, but that was a lot of Randy Moss in him. So, and that defense was incredible that year too. So, the reason why I have them at number nine is because we haven't seen it yet. But on paper, on paper, it'll be a lot higher. But that's why I'm being a little hesitant. 
because I remember what I saw from Tom Brady last year, and last year was not beautiful at all. Mike Evans is one of the best uh, wide receivers in the game. Ronald Jones is one of the best young wide running backs in the game. And if Tom Brady is 70% of the GOAT Tom Brady that he's been, this would be, this would be incredible. They have a chance to at least make it to the NFC championship. Who knows? But I just had to see because last year, especially how it ended, like it, <laughs> it wasn't good, my friend. So that's why I have Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and Ronald Jones at number nine. Number eight, I have Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, and Odell Beckham Jr. Now, if you just take Baker Mayfield out and just have Nick Chubb and Odell Beckham Jr. and maybe a Jarvis Landry, they go up. Now, no, I'm not saying Baker Mayfield is a bust. No, I'm not saying Baker Mayfield is trash. What I'm saying is I want Baker Mayfield has not played anywhere close to a number one overall draft pick, like quality as far as he hasn't played up to that status. Now, yes, he had front office turmoil. He had coaching turmoil. He has a terrible o- or he has a terrible O line. It was a lot of stuff going on around Baker Mayfield, and Baker Mayfield doesn't seem like the type of quarterback, at least right now, that you can supersede all the stuff that's going on around you. Not to mention, of course, we know about the whole commercials. We know we know a lot, and I don't I don't want to I don't want to throw the bust on I don't want to throw bust yet I mean it's still very young in his career or very early in his career but what I do want to say is he has not lived up to the number one overall draft pick status that he currently holds and if he did along with a Nick Chubb who's who's been incredible and along with OB, OBJ when when who I think when healthy is one of the top three or four wide receivers in the game I think that the reason why they're eight is because I, Baker Mayfield. No, no, no. I'm not calling him a bust. What I'm just saying is that we need to see we need to see more of Baker Mayfield. We need to see some better decision making from Baker Mayfield. We need to see some better throws. We need to see the 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 tandem of Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. work because last year it didn't work. Last year Odell Beckham Jr. not only had the let not only had the 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 lowest amount of receptions he's had in his career, but the lowest number of touchdowns, the lowest number of yards like he's had in his career, and I think that's because they're just not on the same page. I don't know if Baker Mayfield doesn't trust him when he's double coveraged or when he's double covered. I don't know if Baker Mayfield is just not o- overlooking him. Like yeah, I know you have Jarvis Landry over there and you have Kareem Hunt on your backfield, but come on, man, it's Odell Beckham Jr. So. I think that they they need, you know, they had a year to develop the relationship at all. Well, they didn't really have an off season, but, you know, we'll we'll see. This will be year two. And if they can get on the same page, kind of like Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and and Ronald Jones. If they can get on the same page, that can go up. But from right now, from what I saw last year, what I saw last year, they they shouldn't be on this list at all. But... I'm I'm also looking at potential. I'm looking at name. I'm looking at how good Nick Chubb was. I'm looking at how good OBJ has been in his career, even with not the best court. Like don't don't get me wrong, Eli was great back in the day, but when he had when Odell Beckham was there, Eli was on the tail end of his career. So 
Again, number eight, I had Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, and Obel, Obel, <laughs> OBJ. And we just need to see we need to see that core develop more. And or or if not, they're either gonna go down or go up. But that's number eight. Number nine, I had Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, and Julio Jones. The only reason why I have I said number nine, number seven. I'm sorry. Number seven is Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, and Julio Jones. The reason why I have the number seven is because Todd Gurley. Todd, Gur- Todd Gurley last year had the lowest production season he's had in his career, and this just so happened to be after they paid him the big money. Like, we see, you know, he had the arthritis in his knees. He he didn't have a good season. Now, toward the end of the season was okay, but the the, the rest of the season was horrible. Well, I'm not going to say horrible, but it wasn't Todd Gurley. It wasn't top top running back in the league money-wise. It, it wasn't that. And if he can get back to the Todd Gurley that we know he that he's been, now I, I don't know how realistic that is with all the injury or with the arthritis and the injuries that he's, that he's sustained over his career. But if he's able to get to that with Matt Ryan, who – Hasn't really seen a decline as much as well. Let me not. Let me not say that. Well, I, I will say this: Matt Ryan has declined since making it to the Super Bowl and and being MVP. He has declined, but I don't know if that's due to the fact of him just just making poor decisions or the offensive scheme around him. I don't know. I'm not blaming anybody. What I'm saying is. Matt Ryan still has some incredible, incredible games. Hell, I think maybe a year or two ago, they almost made it to the Super Bowl. And we all know about Julio. Julio, to me, is probably the best, if not one of the best, one wide receivers in the game. That's Julio Jones. I mean, he's a freak of nature. And him alongside Matt Ryan and Todd Gurley could be number one if it works out. But the reason why I have them number seven, because again, it's kind of like the Tom back to the Tom Brady thing. We need to see it. I, I if it if it goes incredible, I will I will come on here and say, yo, that is the best trio in the league right now, by far. But we need to see it, and it's not just you know it has to be with scheme, it has to be the stuff around them. But that right now, number seven is Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, and Julio Jones. Number six, I have Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and Zeke. Let me be let's be real here. Amari Cooper kind of shrinks in big games. He has big games, but those big games usually come against lesser opponents like the Redskins or like the the he had a he had a really good game against the Eagles when they were all beat up. But when they need a huge game from him, like like when they played against the Buffalo Bills or when they played against the Green Bay Packers, he kind of he, he might make a big play here or there, but he doesn't really show up. I mean, in those games, Michael Gallup is playing better than him. And don't get me wrong, Michael Gallup is no scrub, but he's not an Amari Cooper. And that kind of that kind of goes hand in hand with how Dak plays. Dak plays and runs. Dak is a is a good quarterback. He is a very serviceable quarterback. However, he most of his and a lot of people say, look at the stats. Look at the stats. Hell, Skip Bayless is huge on the look at the stats type person. But when you look at the stats, he dominates lesser opponents. 
But when it comes to like the better teams, like a Green Bay, like a like a fully healthy Eagles, like a Saints, like a Seahawks, he falls short. He doesn't play anywhere close to the Dak Prescott that's demanding as much money as he's trying to demand right now. And really that and the Zeke hasn't really played to his best since he got the big payday either. So at their best, they they are one of the top 10 trios in the league, but we haven't seen them at their best yet, I don't believe. Or let me say this. When they are at their best, it's playing against lesser opponents. It's playing against the Redskins. It's playing against the, the Giants. But when we, like, when they play, we need to see this trio fire on all cylinders against quality opponents uh, or against a good defense, against the 49ers, against a a a Saints, against a, a, a Bucks. Like, if, if we can see that, then, you know, it's warranted. But right now, I can't put them anywhere higher than six because we've seen them against that those teams. And Dak Prescott hadn't played his best. Amari Cooper disappears. Hell, Amari Cooper took himself out of game last year. He was like, no, nah, I can't do this, bro. Like, he took himself out of the game from what I heard. And Zeke, who hasn't been really Zeke since he got or since he was trying to demand a contract renegotiation. So, you know, that's why Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott is number six. Number five, I have Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, and Delvin Cook. Kirk Cousins, the, the here's the difference. Kirk Cousins is a really, really, really good quarterback when he's not playing in prime time. When he's when he's playing in prime time, he he loses a lot. Like I I'm, I know last year he had probably the greatest throw he ever threw in his career to Adam Thielen to beat the Saints, but outside of that. He he doesn't he he didn't really do much when in terms of primetime games. Like if the game is not primetime, give me I, I, I'll, I'll roll with Kirk Cousins. But if it's a primetime game when he was with Washington, he wasn't doing much. And now you know when he's when he's with the Minnesota Vikings, he isn't doing much either. But that's just primetime. Regular games, shoot man, Kirk Cousins is incredible. And you also have Delvin Cook, who's one of the best running backs in the league. And you have Adam Thielen, who's one of the best wide receivers in the league. That trio, hell, that trio, that trio, single-handedly, along with some incredible catches with Kyle Rudolph and and Stephon Diggs at the time, that single-handedly knocked out the Saints last year. And, of course, some bad play from Drew Brees in the beginning, but we're not going to talk about that yet. (laughs) But that, hell, like I said, when they're firing all cylinders and if it's not a primetime game, you... Give me Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, and Delvin Cook, and I, I'm I'm cool. I'm good. It's just if it's a Sunday night football game or a, or a Monday night football game or uh like a divisional round or something like it's 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 a little sketchy. But and that's why I can't really put them higher than six because they're incredible. When again, it's it's a it's a regular one o'clock game on Sunday. They're 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 incredible, uh, unless it's like uh, against a, a against the Green Bay or something. But once once the lights dim, once the sun goes down, the lights get bright, and Sunday night football or Monday night football, 
or Thursday night football, it's just like, ugh. Like, ah. So, you know, if they can write those wrongs, you know, or Kirk Cousins can write that wrong, which he hasn't really shown a propensity to do at all. I mean, again, he did it once last year. But if that continues, then, hey, like I said, boom, number six. But if not, hey, who knows? I can't really put them higher than that because, again, they're incredible. Uh, when it doesn't really, you know, when no one's really watching except Minnesota fans. So that's number six. Number five, number five. No, hold on. Let me, hold on. One, two, one, two, three, four, five, six. No. Oh, that was number five. I'm sorry. I apologize. Number five, people. I'm not, hey, hey. It's, 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 hey, I'm sorry, it's early. It's really early. <laughs> but that was number five. Number four, which, which, what, number five was Kirk Cousins. Let me, let me go back. Number 10 was Jimmy G, Robert Morissette, and George Kittle. Number nine is Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and Ronald Jones. Number eight is Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubbs, and OBJ. Number seven is Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, and Julio Jones. Number six is Dat Prescott, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott. Number five is Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, and Delvin Cook. And we get to number four, who is Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. This trio was a game away last year from making it to the Super Bowl. We all know how great Aaron Rodgers is. Aaron Rodgers is one of the all-time greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen talent-wise. We know Aaron Jones has has been incredible for them since he started getting majority of the touches. And we all know when healthy, Devontae Adams is one of the top 10 wide receivers in the league. The problem is there have been times when Devontae Adams kind of disappears. There have been times when Aaron Rodgers has been known to throw the ball away a lot more than gamble. There has been times where Adam, you know, this this trio has let me like last year. Last year I said they were a game away from making it to the Super Bowl. However, that game against the 40 both those games against the 49ers when they played, I think the last time the regular season and the NFC Championship, they did not even belong on the field. Like they got blown out expeditiously. <laughs> like it was bad. And against a good defense, they they the offensive line struggled. The deep, you know, Aaron Rodgers struggled. Adam Jones didn't do or Aaron Jones didn't do anything. And Devontae Devontae uh Adams was locked up by Richard Sherman. So we've seen at the highest at at their peaks, man. They they could they they they're warranted at number four, but the reason why they're no higher than number four is because there's three uh, trios better than them, and because again they got bum rushed and destroyed last time I saw them, and that was in the NFC Championship. Yeah, they're in a game away from the Super Bowl, but in that game in the NFC Championship, they got destroyed. Like if. There was no way, like it was, it was over quick, and that's that's why I can't, you know, at, at their best, they they definitely belong in number four. But you know, it's a, hey, it is, it is what it is. <laughs> so number three, I have Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and Mark Andrews. This is 
the second team that doesn't feature a wide receiver. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in the regular season last year were incredible. They were breaking records left and right. Lamar Jackson was breaking rushing records. Mark Ingram was uh, an incredible uh, new addition to the, to the Ravens after being in the Saints. And Mark Andrews was Lamar Jackson's favorite target. Not not just oh not not favorite Titan, but favorite target when we come to when, and that's over any that's over any will any wide receiver that he had. Mark Andrews was his favorite target. And that trio broke so many records in the regular season last year. Now, yes, I understand you can talk about the the playoffs when the the Titans got the best of them. A lot of people, including myself, thought that the last year was definitely the Ravens' year in in winning the Super Bowl, but it just didn't pan out that way. But I'm not negating everything we saw in the regular season. I'm not negating how great Lamar Jackson was when a lot of people were, including myself, were thinking, you know, this might take maybe three or four or five years to develop him because. Yes, he's in a he's a raw, incredible talent, but does his talent really translate to an NFL game where it's a lot faster and a cornerback or 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 yeah, a cornerback can be as fast as a quarterback or a cornerback can be faster than a wide receiver. Like I was I was I was, you know, I was a little skeptical. Don't get me wrong, I wasn't saying like he shouldn't be a quarterback, which a lot of people were saying. And before I move forward, for people that continuously say Tyson Hill or Tyson Hill is a bigger, stronger, quicker, is is a for people that saying Tyson Hill is pretty much a bigger, stronger Lamar Jackson or a poor man's Lamar Jackson. Look here, I understand you might have your you might want some hot takes so you so you can garnish fans. I understand you might not like Lamar Jackson's game because it's new. Or, hell, I was going to say we haven't seen it since Michael Vick, but he was break, he's breaking Michael Vick records, so we haven't seen it ever. But s- stop comparing Taysom Hill to Lamar, MVP Lamar Jackson. Stop it. Jason Taysen Hill is a great player. Don't get me wrong. What he does with the Saints is great. But Taysen Hill is closer to me than he is to Lamar Jackson. And I only played football one year. And I was in 2003. And I was a damn guard. Stop it. Taysen Hill. If t- Let me say this. If Taysen Hill... And Lamar Jackson switch places, like if Lamar Jackson played for the Saints and Taysom Hill played for the Ravens, um, we wouldn't hear nothing about the Ravens. The Ravens would be lottery, like we, not lottery pick. The Ra- we wouldn't hear nothing about the Ravens except for they 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 might they're gonna need a new quarterback. And honestly, if Lamar Jackson played for the Saints. You probably wouldn't hear much about Drew Brees right now. It'd probably be like, well, Drew, hey, hey, they, we found a successor. You know what I mean? So, 
Stop it with the comparison. But back to our regularly scheduled program. Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and Mark Andrews is number three on my list as top trios in the NFL going into next season or this season. Number two, I have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. I have to give it to the Super Bowl winning champs. Yes, I understand that they don't have a traditional offense. They don't have like, they don't really run a, a running back set like that. They do have running backs. Don't get me wrong. I believe they have like a, Col- a Coleman is is pretty good. I believe, but they don't really feature a, a, a running back heavy game. They don't really feature a running back heavy set. However, the reason why I have this at number two is because one, they just won the Super Bowl. Two. Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the league. I don't care what anybody says. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. He's the best player in the league. He's the best offensive weapon in the league. Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the league by a country mile, in my opinion. It's like, let me, let me not say that. It's like, if... If Patrick Mahomes is Godfather 2. No, let me let me not say this. Boom. Patrick Mahomes is Scarface. Incredible movie. Probably one of the greatest movies ever made, Scarface. Lamar Jackson is Donnie Brasco. Really good movie. Incredible movie, but it's not Scarface. And even that discrepancy is kind of like Kind of big, <laughs> but I'm not taking away from Lamar. But I'm just saying, Patrick Mahomes is better than anybody in the league, and Travis Kelsey is arguably the best tight end in the league. It's between him and George Kittle. A lot of people will choose George Kittle over Travis Kelsey because of his blocking ability, but a lot of people. Choose Travis Kelsey over George Kittle because of his catching and after the after the catch ability. So that's whatever you prefer. But I can't put Mahomes or Travis Kelsey any low or and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, who by the way is one of if not the fastest player in the league. I it would it would behoove me to put them anything lower than two. Because again, you have the best quarter, best player in the league in Patrick Mahomes, the, one of the best, if not the best, tight end in the league in Travis Kelsey, and one of, if not the fastest, running back in the league or running whatever you want to call Tyreek Hill because he does a lot. He does jet sweeps. He runs running back sometimes. He's he's a wide receiver. That is number two. Number one, a lot of people are waiting for it, and a lot of people. Mind, if you don't look, first of all, if you don't agree, it's okay. It is okay. You can leave in the comments. You can DM me. Let me know. Leave it wherever you listen. First of all, I will. If you listen to Apple, please subscribe. Please share. Please leave a leave a leave a leave a a, a, a comment. A rating. Rate it. Please. I mean, it, it helps. It, it really does. It, it lets me know how y'all feel about it. You know, even if even if you give me a one, I would prefer you give me a one than nothing. You know what I mean? So, hey, rate it. Comment, subscribe, and that's just that's that's wherever SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play. You know it, it would definitely help. But my number one 
Right now, currently, is Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara. No, Drew Brees is not the best quarterback in the league. No, Michael Thomas is not the best to me, not the best driver receiver in the league. No, Alvin Kamara is not the best running back in the league. However, those three together are damn near unstoppable. We see Michael. Now, I know it's a lot of slants, but you see Michael Thomas is one of the most one of the most surest things when you're talking about someone catching a pass from Drew Brees. I think maybe last year he dropped what maybe two or three balls into the entire year. When you look at Alvin Kamara when he's healthy, Alvin Kamara not only is one of the best running backs in the league, but Alvin Kamara is one of the best catching running backs in the league. And then you have a player like Drew Brees. And now, yes, I understand Drew Brees is getting up there in age. Drew Brees is, is a lot older. Hell, Drew Brees, I think, is like 41 or 42 or something like that or 40. But he's – and, yes, I understand he he didn't have his best game in the playoffs last year. But – and I know he missed five games, but those games that he played was incredible. He was – Drew Brees – it feels like every time I watch Drew Brees, he's breaking a record or close to breaking a record. I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but he broke the touchdown record. Like, I think it was like 540 or 504 or something. Touchdowns that he threw. The, the, so, I have to put Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Navin Kamara at number one. Again, if you don't believe, if you don't feel that's, that's hey, I, I, it's okay. You're entitled to your opinion. This is the Unpopular Podcast. This is my opinion. You can, you can definitely leave a comment. We'll talk about it. We'll discuss it. I have no problem with it. Before we go, I'll give you my top 10 again. You have Jimmy G, Raheem Morissette, and George Kittle at 10. You have Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and Ronald Jones the third at 9. Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, and OBJ at 8. Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, and Julio Jones at 7. Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and Zeke at 6. At 5, you have Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins, and Delvin Cook. At 4, you have Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. At three, you have Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and Mark Andrews. At number two, you have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. And at number one, I have Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara. There you guys have it. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Please stay safe. Please. Look, they're telling us to stay home, man. I know they keep opening stuff, but, like, and this this is what I tell people. If they don't trust it enough to open government buildings, like the White House or open like all like like government offices and stuff that should tell you all you need to know about if you should be outside or not. That's all I'm saying. But again, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please share. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel or wherever you listen to this. Share, comment, like. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Until next time, please stay safe. Please stay healthy. Please stay clean. Much love. If that's what it is, if you gotta leave me, baby, I won't shed no tears. If that's what it is, if you gotta go, I hope you're happier with him. If that's what it is. 
you gotta leave me, baby, I'll still be right here If that's what it is, if that's what it is, if that's what it is Now you know I'm getting on this plane And the shit you texting got me feeling pain Yeah, yeah, when you know I can change Tell me that you ain't done said the same Yeah, now and then you know I made mistakes Look, you know everybody made mistakes Yeah, yeah, but you don't feel the same It shouldn't have to be that way But hey, if that's what it is If you gotta leave me, baby, I won't shed no tears If that's what it is If you gotta go, I hope you're happier with him If that's what it is If you gotta leave me, baby, I'll still be right here If that's what it is, if that's what it is, if that's what it is Look, I will always be your friend for sure With or without comments on your photos Yep, few abort the mission, leave a nigga Han Solo I still wear your ring around my neck like I was Frodo Ay, Once again, I'm getting on this plane And the shit you texting got me feeling strange Yeah, yeah, cause you don't feel the same I'm sorry that it feels that way If that's what it is, if you gotta leave me, baby, I won't shed no tears. If that's what it is, if you gotta go, I hope you're happier with him. If that's what it is, if you gotta leave me, baby, I'll still be right.